Welcome to the Growth Cap Podcast, where we chat with CEOs, investors, and other key industry leaders to uncover insights and strategies for accelerating growth and succeeding in business. I'm your host, RJ Lumba, Managing Partner of Growth Cap. In this episode, we chat with Jake Saddlemeyer, co-founder and CEO of WellFrame, which is a leading provider of digital health solutions that dramatically improves the patient and provider experience. Jake is a Harvard and Oxford trained public health scientist and technologist, making him a unique person to tackle the task of improving the way healthcare is delivered. Jake shares with us his journey building WellFrame and his insights into how the company's solutions are addressing today's healthcare needs, particularly in light of the current pandemic. We hope you enjoy the show. So Jake, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Very excited for this, particularly in light of what's going on with the current pandemic. But maybe to kick off, could you share with us a little bit of background of yourself as well as WellFrame? Yeah, so a little bit of context. I'm Jake Saddlemeyer, one of the co-founders and the CEO of WellFrame. A little bit of background. I'm an epidemiologist by training coming from the Harvard School of Public Health and my research focused on characterizing the relationship between lifestyle behavior and chronic disease risk and prevention and, and management, and was ultimately drawn to the technology world based on an ambition to figure out ways to close the gap between what we know and what people do in the real world, and kind of fell in love with the idea that technology could be used as a vector to influence people's day-to-day health behaviors and healthcare decision-making that ultimately enable them to get better outcomes and and um, and get higher value for the healthcare system. A little bit of context on WellFrame, we're a Boston-based organization, or at least we were before we all became virtual. We were founded really with a passion to advance new ways of using technology and data to better organize healthcare resources around the needs of people outside of the four walls or in between formal interaction. And our core business right now focuses on working with risk-bearing organizations, primarily health plans, but some providers as well. You know, I'd say broadly speaking, the goal is to help reimagine the kind of relationship that our clients have between their staff and members or patients using digital as a critical enabler of achieving that. And our kind of core initial focus has been in the context of clinical care management services, where we've been able to help our clients to digitally enable these clinical support services for high-risk members with more intensive physical or behavioral health needs and really enhance the relationship between these care management teams and individuals that are going through periods of vulnerability and looking for some support in terms of how they navigate that day to day. And then from there, we've been kind of expanding the reach of our offering, the scope of our partnerships to enable our clients to deliver more integrated advocacy and navigation-like services. And the idea here is positioning health plans to offer more holistic support to more of their members through a mobile and digital channel to make it more convenient for members to get support across health and clinical issues, as well as benefits and customer service type issues, as well as support in the navigating the healthcare system. So that's the path that we're on. And you know, we have the, the privilege of working with a growing number of health plan clients across all lines of business. So working across commercial, Medicare, Medicaid, and, and exchange businesses at this point. That's helpful. And you have a deep background in the medical sciences. We glossed over it a little bit, but maybe if you could go a little bit further into that, your educational background, and how that's played a role in WellFrame and shaping the solutions you offer. And I ask that because there's 
quite a few companies out there in the healthcare technology space that aim to do something similar. So I'm curious as to how kind of your background and deep knowledge base in this area has played into the company. Yeah. If you look at our founding team, I was a epidemiologist turned health tech product manager. My co-founder, Trishan Ponch, was a primary care physician who had led a practice in London under the NHS and then come to the States to do work and research and areas of data science and health system improvement. And we had partnered with a couple kind of tech and data co-founders as well. So we had very complementary backgrounds and, and different ways of thinking about problem. And I think that's kind of what made it interesting to us is that we could think about some of the challenges that were persistent for people, especially those with conditions and those with multiple chronic conditions where the day-to-day of just managing what's needed across so many different domains can be really hard and sometimes overwhelming. And then mapping that to a healthcare system that was primarily built for episodic engagement, but who has been investing in resources and service lines, whose job it is to provide support to those individuals between clinical encounters, but had struggled to do so effectively at scale, right? It's really hard to know what people's day-to-day needs are and anticipate those needs, let alone provide that support in any kind of intimate way at scale. And so you look at these programs that evolve to have telephonic programs or home visit programs, and there's certainly a lot of value there. But looking at things like mobile and machine learning emerging that offered new opportunities to extend therapeutic relationships and enable high-touch support, both from an impact and the support perspective, but also from a data capture perspective to just really understand people's evolving needs and pick up signals of risk or decompensation or people need additional attention. There's a lot of opportunity there. So that was a little bit of the context. And I think from a background perspective, we're all kind of coming at it initially, thinking about the human need more than any particular business model. And it actually took us a good number of years before we kind of landed on a business model and a growth path that made sense. But I think our intense focus on understanding that human need and thinking about technology in the context of caring relationships and about how technology could be used to advance and extend those relationships as opposed to replace them, I think positioned us well to to make an impact on the lives of end users as well as healthcare staff that were using our platform and ultimately create value that we could measure for our clients. And so from an educational perspective, a lot of my research has been focused on drawing causal inference from observational data sets. So where you're trying to tease apart your best estimate of cause and effect without randomizing. And at one point going into the technology world, I kind of assumed that I wouldn't get to use that so much. I think it's a great grounding, but not specifically. And it turns out that if you look at programs like care management, one of the biggest challenges has been just being able to measure the value and the impact of these services. So from the start, We've been able to advance the most kind of robust and rigorous methods that we can find with our clients to not only enable their services and engage more people and increase the capacity of their teams, but also to look at what kind of impact that's having on clinical outcomes and financial outcomes and to work collaboratively with our clients to evaluate that rigorously and use that to drive continuous improvement. So in that sense, I think that some of my kind of educational and research background has actually been really important. You know, that commitment to rigorous evaluation continues to be a cornerstone of our partnerships and one that we continue to invest in. And now, thankfully, we have folks on our team who have taken the methods and the approach that we use beyond where I was ever able to get. And it's been great to see that move forward. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that in addition to kind of the impact that the technology is having, both on the care providers as well as the patients that 
the users and the patients in particular get a sense of peace of mind from kind of have the more frequent interaction and just maybe the feeling of being on top of their health plan or their health path, I should say. Is, is that what you're finding among the user base? A hundred percent. So if you think about life for someone living with clinical complexities or multiple chronic conditions, especially those that are not well managed, there's a lot to keep track of, right? And what we saw was that people would generally get pretty good care when they're in front of the physician or in the hospital, but then they go home and 99 point whatever percent of the time they're on their own, right? And that's where we saw people tended to feel overwhelmed, to feel scared, to feel uncertain, to feel denial about what they needed to do, to not want to think about it, to not have the access or the resources to understand what they needed. And and so the goal with the technology was to evolve from intermittent interactions, whether they're with a physician or a care manager or otherwise, to have a sense of ongoing connection and support and care. And through our platform, people will interact with a daily mobile care plan that gives them iterative guidance on what they need to do each day to reinforce educational concepts, to remind them about things that are important, whether it's taking medications or going to appointments, and also will elicit information from them about things like symptoms or risk factors or biometrics or behaviors. And all that data is parsed through and prioritized and shared with a care team. And then we open up a secure mobile communication channel back and forth so that that patient gets guidance and feedback and support and encouragement from the care team and, and that everything they do on that mobile care plan matters in the context of that relationship. And so because of that, unlike an approach where you say, here's an app or here's a portal or here's a device and you're on your own, it's really about opening up that relationship and helping people feel a sense of continuous care and support. And I think that that's been critical to our ideology as we work with healthcare organizations. And it's also, I think, been critical to the success that we've had, you know, making the value equation for folks make sense and giving them enough through that channel so it makes sense for them to continue to engage, to continue to learn, to continue to share how they're doing because they're getting more back in return. There's no silver bullet here. A lot of the populations that we support our clients in serving are challenging populations to engage and have different vulnerabilities and a lot of constraints outside of healthcare that might make things harder. And so it's never perfect. But I think that taking that approach has certainly helped a lot. And COVID-19 obviously has exacerbated the stress on the healthcare system. I can imagine a communication tool comes in very handy. What are some of the things that Wellframe has done in light of the pandemic and in light of trying to keep the communication lines open with its users? As you pointed out, the healthcare organizations with whom we work have, as you might expect in response to COVID, said, okay, what can we do to provide extra support, especially to higher risk, more vulnerable populations, which tend to be the people that we're enabling them to support to begin with. And so in general, you see these organizations doubling down on digital as a channel to extend support to high risk populations in, in more convenient ways and in safe ways for those individuals. And obviously, there's been a lot of press around the massive push to telemedicine, right, as in-person visits have been unsafe in many in many cases. But the need to provide support to people in between those short episodic interactions with physicians persists. And I think as more people start to lean on digital as a channel to get clinical support, leaning on digital as a channel to get support in between those clinical encounters becomes more and more natural. And we've been able to do a number of things with our partners to help focus our platform there. So 
while better managing chronic conditions will help no matter what, we've also developed some programs and content that focus on prevention and awareness and guidance for people who are looking to reduce their risk of COVID. We've launched assessments for higher risk members on our platform. We also are helping our clients to better understand what people are thinking about and what they care about and where they're focused. So as an example, using natural language processing on a lot of the messages that go back and forth between patients and care teams, we're able to pick up trends in the population about whether people are talking about concerns around COVID or flu symptoms or stress and anxiety or looking for telemedicine. And that's been able to help our clients be more responsive to the needs of their higher risk members and patients as they evolve. And so I think that there are different phases, obviously. And as we've seen our clients shift from some of the immediate response to the more of the longer arc strategic investments, I think it's pretty clear that this has accelerated the shift to kind of all things digital as an imperative to be able to provide high quality care in more convenient settings. And we continue to invest in ways to help our clients do that across more people and to help them in in more different ways. Sitting where you said, did you and your team have a certain view of how long some of these conditions will last in the environment and how long particularly the folks that are at risk, will have to remain somewhat secluded or very mindful about social distancing? Yeah, we did a a survey of individuals living with chronic conditions to better understand some of the behaviors that you're alluding to. And it was not totally surprising, but really telling that a majority of people had avoided physician visits for chronic conditions, that there's increased levels of stress and concern about managing conditions. There's increased motivation to be proactive about various chronic conditions and in part in order to better manage risk from a COVID or infectious disease perspective and that there was a concern about not knowing what to do all the time. And so a lot of the trends that you might expect. Now, how long those persist, I think, depends on a lot of factors. And I think even right now in the U.S., it's probably pretty different across geographies given how different the experience is in different states and regions. Over time, we will see kind of a leveling out of telemedicine or virtual care to leverage digital a lot more where it makes sense, but to start to go back to in-person visits where certain physical interaction or diagnostics or otherwise are, are necessary. But I do think that this has catalyzed a lot of changes that will persist from a consumer expectation perspective and from a behavioral perspective for both care providers as well as patients and from a regulatory perspective, right? As we hear from plans and you see some of the messages coming out of the federal government about their plans to persistently support more virtual care options. This has certainly catalyzed changes that will persist for a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. Switching gears a little bit into viewing the business dynamics of the healthcare industry and healthcare technology in particular and the rise of telemedicine. And not to be insensitive about the broader environment, but business-wise, has this increased the amount of activity you're seeing? And does this, in some regards, increase the value of the solutions you provide both currently and into the future? Yeah. Even going into the COVID pandemic, we saw a number of temporal trends that, as you might expect, were pushing consumers as well as healthcare organizations in the direction of some of the solutions that we offer, right? I think that the consumer expectation to use mobile and digital to access support and resources is only going up. And I think that some of the market dynamics have put more pressure on incumbents to accelerate their pace of investment in services and experience and in digital. 
relative to new entrants among plans, providers, and other third-party service providers. And so I think that we already saw trends that were moving in a direction of increasing demand for some of the things that we do, as well as a number of other digital health companies. And COVID certainly accelerated a number of those trends. And so we see this as an opportunity for our clients to step up to invest in doing more to help vulnerable populations and for us to be able to step up to enable them to do that at increasing scale and with increasing effectiveness. I think it's been helpful for the team here to feel like amidst all of the tumult and uncertainty, we're able to focus on doing something where you know we can be part of the solution and to make impact at greater and greater scale. Where do you see the company in three to five years? Do you find that you're solution has the potential to be somewhat ubiquitous across all the potential users in the U.S. or maybe even globally? Um, It's been very encouraging over the last several years to see consistent, significant growth, the number of individuals that we're enabling support for and the ways that we're enabling support for them. And I see that continuing over the coming years. And part of that is as we work with more and more healthcare organizations that have reached to more and more people. The other part is as we invest in our digital health management platform, we are enabling different service lines and different resources to support more people in more different ways. So while we started more specifically focused in clinical care management, as we're starting to expand that to enable broader advocacy type services that are relevant for a lot more people and enable support for them in new and different ways. I think the opportunity for impact gets larger and larger. And then the other part of the investment is trying to break down some of the silos that have existed relative to how supportive services have been offered to high-risk individuals to make it easier for them to get their needs met in simpler ways and to not have to go chasing information or go chasing resources across different organizations or even different service lines within an organization. We're pretty excited about some of the investments that we're making with our partners and the opportunity for impact that we see overhead. And maybe ubiquitous is a little bit aggressive, but certainly pointing toward reaching a larger and larger proportion of the total population here for sure. Mm -hmm. And we're coming up on time here, but I would like to ask a question that I ask quite a few of our guests in that, you know, the entrepreneurial journey is a very challenging one one that not many experience. Having gone through your time helping to build and scale Wellframe, is there a piece of advice or an insight that you've come upon and have really internalized, which you think would be helpful to others that are either thinking about starting their business or currently on their own journey? Maybe two things in terms of deciding to start the journey. I'd say it's important to follow something that you're so passionate about you can't not do. Given all the challenges to overcome and the effort that you need to put in, I think it's important that you're doing something you really feel passionate about and where you feel like you can make an impact that matters. And then I'd say that the I don't know, the, the guidance I found to be most helpful is shared with me long ago by a coach I had when I was younger, and it was in the pursuit of a long-term goal, don't let your highs be too high or your lows be too low. And I think that is guidance that I've used more than I can count along the way and it kind of helped keep a level perspective as we're pushing the rock up the hill and pursuing kind of long-term impact with a lot of ups and downs along the way. But overall, it's been incredibly rewarding and a real privilege to have the opportunity to take this journey. Well, Jake, really appreciate you joining us. You've been generous with your time spending it with us. So thank you. Thank you very much. It's great to speak with you.